This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me this morning is my co-host, Naz Marchese. In the house again, once again this morning, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning, Wally. How are you this morning? I'm uh, I'm feeling good. How about you, Naz? Uh, I feel great. I I did recover. Recover recover from last night. Of course, uh, Naz and I... uh, Attended our uh, high school reunion last night, Emory Collegiate at uh, Weston and Finch in what used to be called uh, North York in the old days. Uh, we used to be the city of North York. Uh, a lot of fun. Lou, uh, what area did you grow up in? What high school did you go to? Well, your first time. First or what time, high school's trying to forget about you? I want to congratulate you guys for being 55 years at a high school. <laughs> well, it's a 50, 50, 55th year of the school. Um, Smart ass. Yeah, he is. Uh, uh, I went to George Harvey. George Harvey. Uh, yeah, on Keel and uh, Eglinton, in between Eglinton and Rogers Road. It was a. Uh, it was funny that I really wanted to go to St. Mike's to play hockey, coming out of uh, grade eight, and uh, I'm not sure if this is the truth or not, but the vice pres- uh, vice principal. At that time, Mr. Bill Curry pulled some strings and uh, would not uh, give them the proper recommendation for me to go there. So I went to De La Salle for their... Much to the chagrin of St. Mike's. Uh... Yeah, much to the <laughs> chagrin. I, w- I went down to uh, De La Salle and went through all the, the hoopla that you go through there to, to try to get in. And I got accepted and I says, uh-uh, if I don't go to St. Mike's, I'm walking to school. So that's what happened. walked to school. Anyways, it's a big day in Toronto today. It's Game 7, the Toronto Raptors uh, in the Miami Heat. Should be an interesting afternoon. The game starts at 3.30 this afternoon. And right after the first break, we will have Toronto uh, Raptor uh, 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 TV analyst Leo Routens, who's going to come on and join us, and we'll certainly break down this afternoon's game. It's going to be a big game. And if you're planning on heading to the game, just a little bit of warning. The Gardner Expressway is closed today. So What a uh, disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we learned, the, I learned I that lesson coming downtown this morning. Fortunately, at, uh, at that early on a Sunday morning, it doesn't have that much of an effect. But oh. if you're certainly if you're going to the Raptor game this afternoon, you might want to leave a little bit early. I hope uh, it doesn't snow. It snowed in Nobleton this morning. I was ready to st- I started my truck and... Yeah, it's pretty it. chilly out there. Anyways, they're uh, talking about chilly weather. That uh, brings us to uh, the early topic of discussion, which is the NHL playoffs. Still hockey weather out there, and uh, the playoffs are down to the down to the down to the uh, short strokes now. The Blue Sharks, Lightning, Pens, um, four pretty, uh, I would say, pretty evenly matched. Two, I, I see two evenly matched series here. The Blues and the Sharks have looked. Pretty pretty solid so far. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning seems to able to uh, 
overcome uh, overcome injuries. Seem to be a, a balanced team. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, their Phil, cons, Phil Kessel, their their Smythe candidate, uh, Phil Kessel. Uh, break it down for us, Ness. Well, I, I do believe yeah, the four teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, the back line of San Jose looks terrific. I mean, uh, Burns has been absolutely awesome out there, and he may be the uh, Conn Smythe winner. Is this Louis? Is this the year Joel Thornton finally uh, hosts that Stanley Cup? He's been much maligned over the course of his career. All he does every year is keep piling up points and points and points. But uh, I've I've always been a big critic of Joe Thornton in in this sense. Uh, there's no doubting his talent. Uh, there's no question about that. I always got the sense during the playoffs that he uh, he never raised his game. To, to the to the next level is is uh, uh, and, may, and people who have defended him have always defended him on the basis that you know there's only so much one guy can do on a team and uh, and he never had the talent around him to share the load and there's no question this is a pretty deep San Jose team um, my criticism of Joe Thornton is it a fair criticism well you know what I think there's fair criticism to, to all professional athletes when you don't bring the the holy grail home uh, at any time during your career, only because um, Joe Thornton was the first overall draft pick to the Boston Bruins. He's expected to carry the Bruins for for eons to the finals. Uh, he got traded to San Jose for more or less nothing. A, a couple of bag of bags yeah. of pucks. I'll never, you know, sorry to interrupt. But I'll never understand. I'll never understand GMs who 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 pick these guys in the top. You know, talents. And then they trade them when they're well, less than Boston's 21 years old. Boston's done it twice. They They've did it with twice. Thornton and, and Sagan. Sagan. I'll never get that. I'll never understand that. But uh, Thornton got, they dealt him pretty early in his career. They really did. And it was more or less, it was a situation where they thought that they can get, uh, they can get equal value in return. And look what he's done with San Jose. Um, and what I see with Joe Thornton is that he's never really liked to be the main cog. You know, he'll put up great numbers during the regular season. But when playoff comes comes up, everybody is, is focused on you because you're the one that's, that's going to make the, the engine run. And what's happened there in San Jose, he's really never had a second or a third line to go behind him. This year, he's got Pavelski as a first-line center. He's, he's playing on the wing, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, he's got Marlowe playing on the second line with, uh, with Couture. And he's got a solid third line there that's doing a lot of scoring. So Couture and them, they've taken a really a lot of the load off of him uh, so he can actually produce. But you look what's happened to Pavelski now. He's the main guy on that team. And that's why he's thrived in that situation. Couture's work ethic has been fantastic. He is a hardworking player. Well, you you really remember, watch him close. He's, you got to remember Couture. Couture was, the first, was rated as the first player coming out of the O. Uh, in his draft year. He didn't want to go to the team. I can't remember who it was. He wanted to go back home. So he got, I think Ottawa selected him fourth or fifth in the draft uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. San Jose dealt uh, Toscala to Toronto. And with that first round pick, they traded up to get Couture, I think, at 12 or 13 that year. So they knew something about him. And and look what he's done. He He's a great second or third line. And we're talking about uh, Kessel earlier. Imagine Phil Kessel on the third line with the Pittsburgh Penguins with Benino and... Uh, wow, and that's Bust. incredible. They've been, they, they've been the best they, line they, in the playoffs. Right. Because best line in the playoffs. They're, they're, they're no playing against the third line, yeah. too. Yeah. There, there's no pressure on them because Malkin has taken uh, a lot of the load 
and now you got Hedman on Crosby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he can more or less do, go out and do whatever he wants. Um, St. Louis Blues, I mean, um, pretty solid team. And every time I watch the St. Louis Blues play, I look at Steen and I'm saying, <laughs> why, why, why didn't the Maple Leafs keep him? Like I mean, he's had he's had one hell of a career in St. Louis. I mean, he's not he's not one of the top ten or fifteen players in the game, but he's a solid, solid NHL player. Kills penalties, plays the power. I mean, play. and, what and, do you I, want? and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking Great back, player. and I'm thinking back. I can't even remember who they traded, who I'll, they got. I'll tell you who they traded. Was that and, uh, no, no? That was that guy, Lee Stepniak. Was Stepniak, he the Stepniak they got deal? Koliakovo yeah. and yeah. and only because. Ron Wilson did not like Koliakovo's work ethic at practice, and he was always hurt. Ron Wilson so they, didn't like Strawman either. But they th- <laughs> yeah, so they threw Steen in, and they get Stepniak back because I think he, he came off a, a twenty goal year yeah. at at the time with St. Louis, and in two years Stepniak's gone, and he's still playing right now. Yeah, but Stepniak's Boston. played for every team in the NHL. They, yeah. He keeps it moving on. He's no, no, he's scoring fifteen to twenty yeah, goals yeah, for he you. He does. He does. He keeps but, uh, going. You know, I watch <laughs> every time I watch the St. Louis. Blues, I just shake my head and say, what, what were they thinking? Yeah, in you know what? St. Louis' when they defense traded is pretty good. Steen out of town. St. Louis's D is very good. Well, very they're good. big well, they they're got mobile. You got Bo Petrangelo. Meester, you got Shattenkirk, you got and, Petrangelo, uh, you got Gunnarsson, another Leaf. I don't like him, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And then they got the the, kid, the big kid there, Papieko. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they got a big mobile defense back there. And they got and some guys who can play up front, too. Yeah, and they got some guys that they, can play up front. They're a solidly balanced team. I just don't know if they have enough individual talent to match what, uh, what San Jose's got. Uh, San Jose's got a great road team. So they're, uh, they got Burns on the fence. They got Vlasic, who's a, as an Olympian. Uh, Braun. Uh, you know and what? Dylan are more guys that just fill their roles. They don't do anything great. I think I think those teams sort of stack up uh, well against each other in the sense that they're both both um, big mobile teams. Uh, I think it's going to be. You know, I, I I almost think this is going to come down to coaching. Peter it, DeBoer. It's, it's going to be Peter a battle De- of wits. It's going to be a battle of wits between um, Hitchcock and and Peter DeBoer. Peter I, De- I think watch the coaching in this series. It may it may tip the balance one way or the other. Peter DeBoer is very underrated. He took a New Jersey team to the finals too, with a really poor team, right? In his, in his first year. In his first year, DeBoer, he he looks like he has his teams prepared though. And the other the other thing about uh, San Jose that we don't uh, we don't get to see them much because of the time zone. Uh, so you know we haven't seen them that much this year. But apparently this Burns defenseman has taken his game to a completely different level. I don't know if you've watched him at all that much, Lou, but well, apparently I, well, apparently have, he's taken himself to the highest reaches. Some people are th- calling him the best defenseman in the league. And, well, they, they've, they've actually he, – he's brought himself to the level that uh, they can talk with uh, with Keith, um, Doughty, Subban, Carlson. Doughty, Carlson. Uh, uh, he's and, probably and, and, better and gives, than, than – And it gives you that little nasty look too because he's got – He's got no front teeth now, but he's got the little bit of he's a nastiness. Got the look. Yeah, he's got the little nastiness in him. Well, they all got that, that beards can... down to their knees now. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they need a dress code in the NHL. The Thornton's got one down there. I mean, uh, 
the playoff beards have gotten a little bit excessive, it looks like. That's Anyways. a year-round beard. Hey, uh, Lou, <laughs> Lou, you were right about Ovechkin going to St. Petersburg, though, eh? Yeah, let, let's hope we can get Mike on and see how Ovi is about that. Never miss the world championship. <laughs> Anyways, the, you know, you raised Russia. a very sensitive topic there. We've got, you know what, we're going to go to break, but we'll, we'll, we'll put our break off for a minute so we can let you get a little jab in there, Lou. Uh, Last week, uh, you said Ovi was, uh, you know, the series was going to end because uh, Ovi wanted to go back to Russia, and I thought that was crazy, and I still think it's crazy. But, um, you know, Game 7, um, you know, Ovi, Ovi carried the team on his back in Game 6. But in Game 7, uh, you know what? Uh, Pittsburgh just shut, uh, they, you know, they managed to shut Washington down, and they got, they got a, a great performance from their goalie, which nobody expected. Well, I really don't think it was Ovechkin's fault this year that uh, that the Caps got knocked out. Uh, I think they lost to a, to a hotter goalie, which isn't that much more than than Holtby was. Uh, I think the supporting cast with the with the Caps were not up to level of the supporting cast of the the Pittsburgh Penguins. You look at Chimera didn't do much. You look at Kuznetsov didn't do well, much. Well, really, doesn't it come down to the Pittsburgh third line won the series? Well, you're right, but the that's Kessel, what, that's what you, need. You, you need. Somebody yeah, right. to, Kessel first goal through the legs and short side was yeah, an you, incredible yeah, shot. No, but you, you and, need, and a stupid penalty. Uh, well, who's, who's the guy? Let, was it or, who got the penalty? The double, the double Brooks, minor. Brooks Orpik. And they right. scored two goals, and the but game let, was let's over. Let's not go to stupid penalties now, because Pittsburgh gave them a game, and they gave with, they yeah, let them back in the game. They let them back in the game. You know, you brought up playoff performances not being to the standard of regular season. For some guys, Mike Gardner had that uh, edge about him too, didn't he? You played with him. Not that I'm blaming Mike Gardner, but he's similar because he scored a lot of goals during the season, and then in the playoff time, he was shut down. He, he really was, and and it's not that Mike didn't play any different in the playoff than he did in the regular season. It's the guys on the other team raised their level yeah. above some guys, Mike. Some guys can raise their yeah, level. they can they can raise their level yeah. up above your regular yeah. season, and I was one of those guys. Anyways, uh, Lou, I'm, I apologize. Uh, gonna, we're going to come back to this. Uh, okay. Hold that thought. We certainly want to come back to it, but we've got to go to break because we've got uh, Leo Routens, and uh, we certainly want to get to Leo as soon as we can here. Uh, we've got a big, big, big game this afternoon, so we'll be right back with Leo Routens after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying... Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. 
At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And it's Game 7 in Toronto this afternoon at 3.30. It's the Raptors against the Heat. And joining us this morning on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour to break down the game for us is, of course, uh, Raptors analyst, former uh, coach of the Canada's national basketball team, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you? Uh, good morning. How are you guys? We're excited and we're pumped. It's going to be a big afternoon in Toronto, and uh, I know you're excited and you're pumped, Leo, and uh, you've been watching the Raptors all year in a couple of playoff series. Uh, it's Game 7 today, Leo. Break the game down for us. Well, you know what? This isn't a game of uh, X's and O's. It, it really isn't. Uh, when you get into a Game 7, and, and this is this was kind of missed by the Raptors in Game 6, which was also a potential closeout game for them uh when you're in a closeout game it's it's all about just outworking out hustling out playing out everything your opponent and i think the real key to today's game is going to be for the raptors to just jump on miami hard early try to dictate the way the game is going to be played uh you know the raptors have size use your size uh defensively you know they they had a poor game six uh, get into Miami, and what you want to do is make the Pete play an uphill game. You want to make them chase all game long. Uh, you know, it, this has been an exhausting series. You know, two of their better players are their oldest players. So, you know, the, the more pressure, the more physicality, uh, and, and the more stress they can put on this game from the beginning, uh, and like I said, make it an uphill battle for Miami. Uh, the better the chance to, uh, for the Raptors to come out of this on top. So hopefully that's the plan. Hopefully they uh, they understand they've been in a Game 7 uh, before against Indiana, and, and it's time. It's time to do or die. Theo, the uh, 
the Miami Heat looked more athletic on Friday night. They went small. Did that have any effect on the Raptors? Well, you know, they're, they're not more athletic. They're just, uh, they just played, you know, the Raptors played poorly. I mean, they didn't contain the basketball at all, which was uh, shocking, really. Uh, you know, Toronto's defense on a perimeter uh, couldn't have been any worse. Uh, Goran Dragic had a huge game because of that. Um, and, and they had they'd allowed other players. You know, uh, they have two rookies and a second-year player uh, out of the D-League that thrived in that game, and that should not happen. Uh, you know, Raptors are better than that. So uh, I, I think it was more, more the way they played as opposed to Miami's athleticism. Uh, you know, obviously when they go small, uh, Miami's going to try to try to speed up the game, but they've tried before in this series, and the Raptors haven't allowed them to do that. So uh, unfortunately in game six, they allowed them to do that. And the only defense, you know, that I can offer to that is that, you know, much like the Raptors today, uh, game six was do or die for Miami. I mean, they had to win that game or it's over. Uh, and, and they're the team that played with more desperation. Uh, and that's why we're in a game seven today. Leo, how much does the loss of, uh, of uh, Valanchunas hurt the, hurt, the, uh, hurt the Raptors? Oh, it's huge. I, you know, I think the series would be over already. Uh, I think the Raptors would be preparing for Cleveland today uh, if Valanchunas was still playing. And, uh, you know, the sad part is, you know, for, for him more than anything else, I, you know, the, he was playing the best basketball of his career. Uh, something happened, you know, two, three weeks to go in the season uh, where he just appeared to, to turn the corner. All of a sudden, you know, everything was clear to him. All of a sudden, he's understanding the game. He's, he's playing the angles. He's playing with energy, quickness. I mean, everything just seemed to come together for him. Uh, and the Raptors you know, really benefited from that. And it just seemed that in the Indiana series, it was kind of a maybe a little bit of a revelation. Everybody in the Miami series prior to getting hurt, all of a sudden, everybody, this guy's dominating. I mean, this guy's going at Miami. And even his own teammates really started to understand, you know, what, what this was all about. So uh, it, it's the timing of that couldn't have been any worse. And, uh, and like I said, I really feel bad for uh, Valanchunas uh, for this to happen at, at this stage. I think that the entire NBA would be, you know, uh, you know uh, celebrating his play had he not gotten hurt. We're talking to Leo Routens. Leo Routens, of course, noted basketball analyst, uh, TSN. Uh, Leo, we've got uh, a friend of ours in studio with us today, uh, Lou Franceschetti. Um, and I know Lou's uh, uh, has got a, got a question for you. He's a little bit concerned about NBA officiating. Go ahead, Lou. Hi, Leo. How are you? Good. How are you, Lou? Good, thanks. Yeah, uh, I, I guess with, with my background, I'm just wondering, why have the officials, not only in basketball but in the two other major sports here, football and hockey, have had so much of an influence on the final outcome of um, of basketball games, of games in general. When one missed call or a couple of missed calls uh, down the stretch can actually uh, be the difference in the outcome. Uh, we saw it in the San Jose, uh, in the um, San Antonio, Oklahoma series. We saw it the other night with uh, with the embellishment of Dwayne Wade that he's not even being touched, and and the referees call that. Is there a pattern here, or is the refereeing just incompetent uh, up to the standards of of what they should be? Uh, I don't think it's any of that, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, if you here's here's what I, I think people fail to understand. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna talk hockey. I'm just talking basketball here. That. In the playoffs, uh, 
they're, they're, you're playing you're, – you know, there's a foul on every play. Players are so physical, so aggressive. You can call a foul on every single play. Are you going to do that if you're an official? You can't. All right? You know, you're not going to have – you're not going to foul everybody out and have 5 million free throws shot in the game. You're not going to do that. So, you, you're going – the more the aggressive you are, the more it's going to be missed and not called. And there's nothing you can do about that. Otherwise, like I said, you're going to have a five-hour game and nobody wants to see that. So, uh, you know, and, you know, calls are going to be missed. It's human error. That, that's, that's part of, you know, you can't computerize it. You can't do anything to change it. There's going to be human error. You've got some replays you can look at. Uh, you, can, you can review a few things. But, again, you don't want five, six-hour games because people will be complaining about that more than the officials. So uh, I think what people have to just realize is, you know, because there is human error, it's going to happen. No one's cheating. No one's doing this. No one's doing that. There's going to be, you know, everybody talks about a call, you know, Dwayne Wade with phantom call. But guess what? I, 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 I do the Raptor games, and I watch plenty of calls of the Raptors. There was a call in uh, against Indiana where Damari Carroll, uh, a big foul on uh, Paul George for pushing Damari Carroll. He didn't touch him. But the Raptor fans and everybody weren't going crazy saying, hey, where's that phantom call? It happens. It happens. Leo. And, and yeah, I just you know. I think people just take it to another limit. NBA referees uh, are the most scrutinized and policed and uh, disciplined than all other pro sports. Leo, I'll ask you just to comment that the, the the issue sometimes gets addressed from this perspective, uh, and um, some people look at the NBA and say the stars, the historical stars in the league, get the calls, and and uh, and uh, and other ones don't, and the. The perception is or the criticism is um, that Lowry and perhaps DeRozan don't get the calls that some of the other stars in the league do. Is that a fair criticism or is that just, is that just off the wall? DeMar DeRozan shot as many, he was among the league leaders in the NBA this season to get in the free throw line. So how, how is he not getting the calls? Now, in the playoffs, he hasn't played up to his standards for the most part, and he hasn't played the way he played in a regular season. So it's not the officials. Uh, Kyle Lowry gets calls. Kyle Lowry's been to the free throw line. People are saying that Dwayne, okay, Dwayne Wade hasn't got a lot of fouls. Watch the way he plays. Dwayne Wade's smart. Dwayne Wade's not, he's not going to reach. He's not going to gamble. He's not going to do a lot of things to put him in a situation to get, be taken out of the game. He's smarter than that. Uh, if you look at last game, uh, game six, Kyle Lowry committed three fouls that he just did not need to commit in the game. Well, you're going to say that's bad officiating or bad judgment. Dwayne Wade didn't commit those kind of fouls. Uh, and here's the other thing. When people talk about stars, I remember when Michael Jordan played, everybody said, oh, the Jordan rules, the Jordan rules. If you, can't, if you don't foul, if you didn't foul, hold, grab Michael Jordan, you couldn't stop him. So if he shot 10 free throws, he could easily shot 20. But nobody talks about that. Uh, and guess what? Stars, to me, they know how to play. If, if, uh, if you guys, I don't know, if you play sports, if I'm playing against somebody and I'm a better player, I'm a, if you want to call me a star and I'm playing against a, uh, just a, a role player or just another guy, I know how to get a call. Um, I remember when Paul Pierce was playing against the Raptors and people were talking about him. Paul Pierce knows how to get a call on a young Terrence Ross or a younger DeMar, uh, younger DeMar DeRozan. Veterans know how to do that, and they do that in hockey, 
you know, the, the stars know how to, how to manipulate situations. So I don't understand. Like, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's part of the experience of being a better, smarter player. Uh, and, and you know what? Yeah, reputation. Sometimes you're going to get some calls. But, that, again, that's human nature. But I don't think it's overbearing or to the point where, you know, everybody's got to go, you know, on a ledge and panic about it. I, I really don't. Leo, we're talking, Leo. Listen, Leo, you make a really good case. You're, you're a great advocate for that. And uh, that was, uh, you know what, that was a, a really, really uh, uh, almost brilliant way of, uh, of, of making your case and explaining it. Thanks so much for it. Listen, we know you got an extremely busy day. Uh, it's going to be a big day for the Raptors. Uh, we're certainly uh, in the Raptors camp, and we certainly hope we get the result uh, that uh, we'd like to see today. And uh, hopefully the Raptors move on to the next series against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and hopefully that will give us another opportunity to draw upon your basketball insights in the next couple of weeks. Leo, I know it's busy, busy day for you. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, sharing your basketball insights with us. Always a pleasure. Hope this is going to be a great day for basketball in Canada. Yeah, you're looking forward to Cleveland, Leo. Uh, well, you know, being in Cleveland, <laughs> no. Hey, well, they got the rock and roll. It'll Hall be of a fame. great buzz around the city, and the city deserves it. Let's go Raptors. Exactly, exactly. Thanks so much, Leo. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That, of course, was Leo Routens. And uh, before we go to break, Naz, uh, I want you to break down. we got a, a really interesting guest coming up that uh, we we bumped into last night at our yeah, high school reunion. Yeah, he sat at our table at our high school reunion, and, Donovan uh, Razor Ruddick. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I mean, give, give us the opportunity to look back a little bit on, on Donovan Razor Ruddick's career and, uh, you know, and go back and with the benefit of Google, um, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a remarkable career in boxing. He uh, did, he did. He was the IBF world champion, intercontinental champion, and Canadian champion twice. Yeah, what people forget about, uh, and we're going to have uh, Donna's, uh, Donovan uh, uh, Razor Ruddock on right after the break for an interview. Uh, people forget about uh, Razor Ruddock. In the early 1990s, when he was going toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson and uh, some of the other big heavyweights of, uh, of, of his era, he was at one point... For for a few years, considered one of the top three heavyweights in the world, he was he was up there with the Tysons and the Holyfields Holy Field, yeah. and the Lennox Lewises, and uh, he was in that category. Had some great bouts and uh, certainly uh, um, some titanic struggles with Mike Tyson. One that went twelve rounds, and uh, in one of them uh, he broke uh, or uh, Tyson broke. Uh, Razor's jaw and and uh, and Razor uh, ended up perforating Mike Tyson's eardrum in the same bout, and it was uh, the, afterwards they wrote about it and said neither one of those two guys was ever the same fighter afterwards. So we're we're thrilled to have with us um, uh, uh, sh- right after the break, Donovan Razor Ruddock. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the really big pizza deal. It's even bigger than Toronto basketball star Jonas Valanciunas. He wears size 17 shoes, but the really big pizza is 18 inches, topped with pepperoni. Plus, you get 16 wings. And you get the really big pizza deal for just $29.99. Try getting Jonas for that. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 from your cell phone. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And uh, it's that point of the show. We like to give away our $25 Pizzaville card gift coupon. Give us a quick call at 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Give us a call. $25 gift coupon from the good people at Pizzaville. We're pleased to welcome to the show uh, former, uh, I wouldn't even say former, Canadian boxing great, Donovan Razor Ruddock. Good morning, Donovan. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm fine. I'm fine. It was a pleasure to see you last night and uh, certainly hope you had a good time and uh, and welcome to the show. Uh, listen, I, I, was, I was a little bit, uh, I was about to call you former Canadian boxing legend, but you've... Uh, you're uh, you're not officially retired, are you? You've been in, you were in the ring last year. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your boxing career, Donovan. Well, um, uh, 
you know, I just wanted to take my boxing to the next level. I've been training for a period of time, years, and I, I believe I believe that there's no limit to you as a boxer, only if you put your, a limit on it. So I'm just um, fulfilling what I believe. Donovan, you uh, have some memorable fights with Mike Tyson. Yeah. The, the first fight was the 12-rounder. That was a classic, from what I understand. Yeah. No, the second fight was the second one. The second one was a 12-rounder. How tough was Mike Tyson? He, he, he's real. He's tough. He's a, he's a, tough, he's, he's a real tough fighter. He, well, he was well-trained. And what uh, your, your, uh, your recollection of those, uh, those bouts you had with Mike Tyson, they were, they were reputedly... Uh, what they used to call slugfests, and I believe in one of them, you actually the second one, you uh, you suffered a broken jaw in the fourth round. That's what was reported. And Mike, I know, I know, yeah, it was. That's true. That's definitely true. I, I had a broken jaw from the fourth round, but the animosity between Tyson and I was so great that I it did not allow me. I did not have the will to stop. Now, when you say, you know, that's interesting. Uh, we're talking to Donovan Razor Ruddock, of course, former Canadian boxing champion. And uh, at one point in the early 1990s, Donovan, you were you were one of the top guys in in uh, in the entire heavyweight division, probably top three. Um, and uh, you you know, they talk about you know, you see these boxers that go out. Uh, in the little scrums they have when they're doing their press conferences. And Ali and was famous about, uh, you know, he used to, he used to sto- stand toe-to-toe. You'd stick your nose right in the other guy's face. Was that, uh, for, for when, you, when you did that with Tyson, was that, uh, was that like, uh, was that a show or you guys actually, no, 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 were, no, no, were you guys no, no, really no, no, hated no, no, each there, other? There's no show between me and Tyson. There's no show. <laughs> there was no there, show. So you, I'll tell you what, that was pretty good TV when that, that happened. If there was no if there was no show, that was pretty good. No, there's no show. We 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 don't even remember that we're fighting for money. You guys you guys really hated each other. Yeah, we didn't like each other because it was just um uh, at that time um uh, you know he was there. I was there. I believe I was better than him, and he believed he was better than me, and um uh, and I was gonna prove that I was. Uh, Donovan, um, who did you have as a mentor? Did you learn your boxing trade in Canada, or was it in Jamaica? If I tell you the truth, okay, nobody will believe me. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I I, I learned my style and my fighting technique from cock fighting. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, you're going to have to explain that one a little bit more. Yeah, I, you you, you tell me what... Because I don't think I have enough time to give you that. <laughs> oh, you don't have enough time. So you you're, you learned your technique watching a couple of... Uh, uh, you know, we're going to have to have a, a conversation. Couple, not, a of, not a couple. I didn't say that. Okay. I said I get my technique from cockfight. I did not say a couple of, of um, cockfights. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I got that wrong. <laughs> you have to study. You have to study. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. For of years, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Donovan, I wanted to go back to your. I mean, you had a you had a fairly lengthy career. You started off in the early 1980s. Uh, in yeah. fact, you've had a couple of fights in 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 the recent past. Um, in the early 1990s, you were one of the top heavyweights in the world. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. How close? Number one in the world. Number one in the world. Yeah. You were number one, uh, but you didn't. How close were you to actually? Uh, actually having the heavyweight belt, what would it have taken for you to have been a title holder? 
you know, I, I don't go back and look back and um, reminisce on what if and what if could have been, because at the time I'm not, I wasn't even looking at what could have been. It was who was there at the time? Who had the belt? Who didn't have the belt? We were fighting because we were fighters. Okay, we were not fighting because um, uh, it was just for money. The money come along and we're good at what we do, and the money come along, but we were just fighting because of that. Because when I fought Tyson, Tyson never had the belt, but we just we just we just like to, we just love to fight. Right now, why do you think I'm in the game? I I love to fight. It's, a, it's my it's my personality. Then I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you, Donovan. Uh, we're talking to Donovan Razor Ruddock. Um, uh, you, you know, you you've expressed that you like to you like to fight, and then I uh, said love. I said love. You love <laughs> to fight. What, what is what is it? Then I, then I, I want to break that down as best as I can because uh, what is it about boxing, being in the ring, training? Uh, all of that. What is it? What is it that deep down that you love about it? Oh, huh? Let me tell you what I love about boxing. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? True tester. Okay. It it tells the truth. Okay. In every other sport, in every other game, you can pretend. You can try to um, infiltrate it by pretending to be some be what you are not. Boxing is a true teller. You cannot go in the ring and do three rounds if you're not in condition. No matter how good-looking you are, no matter how much you train, and, you, and if you're not, you're not prepared to go three rounds, you just cannot go three rounds. And that is the difference between that and, M- and MMA. Donovan, how do we get the game back to where it was years ago? Uh, seems that the sport... Well, that, is, that, is what, that is what I'm doing right now. I'm working on that right now. Because what I'm trying to do is to... I'm, Teaching a few guys my technique and my style. Donovan, this is uh, Lou Franciscetti. Uh, I was just where has boxing gone in the last ten or fifteen years? Where? Well, listen, uh, I, boxing I, gone really down. But I know the reason why, and that's the reason why I'm in it now to bring it back. No, uh, why? Is, why has boxing gone down, uh, Donovan? Okay, because of the fact that the the the, the new fighters are posers. Okay, and that's as simple as I could put it. But the new fighters are posers. So now, if you look at the new fighters, when the bell ring, are you listening to me? Yeah. They go out and they start posing for right through the whole fight. When the bell ring between me and Tyson, we end up in each other corner, <laughs> <laughs> and that is what Thomas Earns. When Thomas Earns and and um. Uh, Adler, when the bell rings, three minutes, three rounds. If you're not, if you're not prepared to go three rounds, I throttle. Okay, don't go in the ring. Now that is the difference, and that's the reason why these guys try to do shortcut and hit people in the back of the head. That's the reason why because they don't train. Uh, we're talking to Donovan uh, Razor Rock. Donovan, uh, you had an uh, an incredible career. You got pretty well near to the top of your game. No, uh, no, not pretty anywhere near the top. At the top. Oh, you were at the top. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Um, who is the greatest, greatest boxer? Uh, who's the greatest boxer that you ever boxed against? No. Why, why wouldn't I say Tyson? I'm just asking. Because I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't lie. Tyson. Okay, and who's the best boxer? Do you have a role model when you were growing up in terms of boxing? Mohamed Ali was, was my role model. And uh, and you would would you consider Muhammad Ali the greatest uh, the greatest of all time? 
Okay, I would think of Muhammad Ali as the um, is the this the first one, the first knowledgeable boxer in in his the knowledgeable boxer, and and he he was great for his era. He was great, and you cannot compare both any era at all with each and with any other era. You cannot do it. I think it's unfair. Okay, and you're, uh, we get the last question, Razor, and we, we really, really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Last question. No problem, no problem. And uh, we obviously uh, just want to ask you, your, your, favorite, your favorite moment in the ring, your, your highlight, your favorite moment in the ring in your entire career. I'm being honest with you, I never really thought about it. Anything okay, stick yeah, out? But, but I, I remember, I remember, okay, I remember my first memorable time. I, there's a couple of them, actually. Okay? The first time when I got the, the first left hook I ever got from Mike Weaver. He was the former champion of the world also when I was about 22 years old. And I went in there with, with this um, uh, feeling of nobody can beat me. And I'm telling you, this guy hit me with a left hook. You got to take a look at it. Okay? Have you ever seen The Exorcist in the movie? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my neck looked like. The Exorcist when he turned around with the left hook that he hit me with, okay? <laughs> and I would never forget that first left hook, okay? And the next one I have memorable is the, the time when Bone Crusher dropped me and I was on the ground contemplating, I mean, what's going on. I, this was not in my plan. I did not plan to be on the ground tonight, you know? And I had to get up and win the fight. And that, that was another memorable moment. Anyways, uh, uh, Donovan, listen, it's, uh, it, was a pleasure, uh, it was a pleasure meeting you last night. And uh, certainly was a pleasure uh, going over your career. You, you, did have a, you did have a remarkable career. And I will, I will agree with you. You were at the top. And uh, some very memorable f- uh, fights. And uh, you're a true champion. And uh, Donovan, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We, uh, we really, really appreciate it. Donovan, uh, we, we were old enough to know the Exorcist movie, so I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> and the, the other thing is, you know what? You look in terrific shape, and uh, you could go into the ring today at no problem doing, at all. I'm you look great. It, I'm doing it as I speak. I'm telling you, I do it as I speak. I, I spar with guys 20 years old. They can't, they can't go three rounds with me. No, I, I can believe it. I can believe it. <laughs> Anyways, Donovan, we wish you all the best. We wish you continued success. We, uh, we, we, we don't refer to you as a former boxer. You are still a boxer. We wish you all the thank best. You, thank you. And uh, keep well, my friend. And okay, thanks so much for joining you. us. You're uh, welcome. That, of course, was uh, Donovan Razor Ruddock. Uh, certainly, he did. Uh, you know what? Uh, he was at the top of his he's, game. Uh, you know what? He he did a good job of correcting me. Um, yeah. He was he was at the top. He was the number one. Uh, he was the number one rated boxer in the world for uh, for a year or two or a year, anyways. And then uh, some memorable bouts against Mike Tyson. And uh, you know, and he's still involved in the game. And it's uh, boxing uh, isn't what it used to be. Uh, for for a whole host of different reasons, which certainly uh, we don't have uh, anywhere near the time to get into now. But uh, we got uh, we got about ten minutes left on the show. We're going to go back to some topics. Well, and, uh, I just want to bring up something. You know, like he said that the the TV part w- was real with uh, Tyson. The press conferences they were real. These guys hated coming each other. Up with, yeah, can you imagine coming up with that stuff? They were classic lines. No, I mean, I think I think Ali's stuff was a little bit yeah. uh, 
was a little bit over the top. Ali was a classic showman and character and actor in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and he did a lot of things that really upset Joe Fraser over the years. You know, I mean, That's true. He demeaned Joe Fraser to the extent that Joe uh, despised Ali for years and years and I think refused to shake his hand for the longest time. Uh, certainly with Ali, you never knew whether, he was, whether it was a put-on or not. But uh, talking to Razor Ruddock, him and Tyson went at it. There was no joke. Uh, they, they meant it. Um, so, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a few minutes left. We'd, uh, if you've got... Uh, if you want to give us a call, we'd love to take your calls. Uh, our phone number, I'll give them out, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Once again, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Give us a call and we'll talk anything sports. Mr. Franceschetti. We uh, we had a little talk during the during our last break about some of Leo Routon's comments about the officiating, and uh, you know what, he's bang on, wasn't he? When he really it, you was. know we uh, we tend to criticize officials, and uh, you know it, it, I was I mean I made the comment with uh, with with Leo, um, it was some, not so much a comment. I I wanted his reaction on it, and it and it, and it came from an article in the Toronto Sun this morning, Steve Simmons. Where he says, you know, Lowry and DeRozan don't get the calls, uh, and some of the stars on the other teams do get the calls, and I, I think Leo really made a really strong case that you know what, the, the, the officials are not, you know, they're not judging one. They 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 call what they see, and if you're if you're a true star, if you're a Michael Jordan, you're getting calls because you're better than everybody else, and that's what people have to do to slow you down. Uh, and I know you had a reaction uh, during the break to what Leo had to say. Well, I thought Leo was bang on, and you usually don't hear analysts uh, look at both sides of the picture uh, for either a home team or a road team. But what I didn't understand, um, and, and this, this is with refereeing, is how can one player go down, supposedly not get fouled, he goes down, the other player goes down the other way, the same possible chance... Uh, happening to another ball player and he gets fouled. That's what I was trying to get at. And You know, the referees are human and that's why I don't like the way uh, sports in general has gone to this uh, instant video replay now so many times. You know, they call the game as they see it. They have six eyes on the, uh, uh, on the floor and they do a great job of what they can handle. And sometimes it does get out of hand but it's more or less, I, I'm looking at the, the, the flagrant ones that are right in front uh, in front of you, that can more or less uh, dictate what the score and what the final outcome in a basketball game is going to be. Anyways, we got uh, Jer. Oh, we got Kevin from Buffalo on the line. Kevin, how are you this morning, gentlemen? Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Kevin. Oh, a real quick comment I wanted to make on the American Hockey League and the Toronto Marlies. It's been a very exciting week and they're entering a final game and uh, just I wanted to mention that with the Marlies the spinoff a lot of talent for the Maple Leafs will be arriving and just it's sort of an exciting time and I I think with Mike Babcock and having a good franchise and just uh, wanted to just mention good luck to the Marlies 
and, of course, the NBA game later this afternoon. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, they have Game 7 tomorrow night, I believe, at the Rico. Uh, the Marlies uh, are... Well, they dropped one it. yesterday. They lost 4-1. to one. You know what? They re- they The Devils have a NHL-ready goalie in Scott Wedgwood. He had, I think, two or three shutouts at the end of the season with New Jersey. So this is not going to be easy for the Marlies tomorrow night. Now, Lou, you made the comment that uh, goaltending in the American Hockey League has uh, has uh, resulted in several several individuals uh, becoming NHL coaches. You want to expand on uh, on your thought process there? Well, it's like anything else. Um, you got a great goaltender, you can win a Stanley Cup, and it'll make you a great coach uh, in the American Hockey League where it's all guys that are developing their skills. If you get a top-notch goaltender standing on his head, you look at Michael Layton, he used to play for the Philadelphia Flyers, he goes down, stands on his head, he plays up to his caliber, but for some reason he's not up in Philly, he can carry a whole team to the, uh, to the Calder Cup championship. And it was, uh, it was a situation where I played 1980-81 with the Hershey Bears. Brian Murray was my coach. We ended up 30 points ahead of Adirondack uh, at the end of the season. Adirondack sends down uh, Pete Mahovlich, um, Dennis Polonich, Wayne Wood, Craig Jolly. The payroll down in Adirondack at that time was higher than the payroll up in the Detroit Red Wings. Well, Wayne Wood was, a, was an NHL-caliber goalie. He stood on his head and knocked us out in six games. Uh, and, it, and it just goes to show you. And at that time, the coach, Tommy Webster, he went up and pl- coached in the National Hockey League. So it... it you need a little bit of luck, but also, I'm telling you right now, is if, if the Marlies don't come out um, and take Game 7 tonight or tomorrow night in Al- against Albany, uh, you know, some of those players are going to look at themselves and say, hey, how come we didn't raise our level to the standard that we played at the start of the year? We were, I think, 20 or 30 points better than any team there. Lou, I have to bring something back because when we were interviewing Razor Ruddock, you were in many NHL fights, and he said uh, three rounds, three minute rounds how how much does it take out of you to fight in the nhl i was always down after one punch (laughs) (laughs) i showed up to a lot of them but uh it's exhausting it it is exhausting because again you're holding somebody (laughs) you're holding somebody off not like in boxing boxing you're just throwing punches there you got to hold a guy that weighs uh, as much or more than, than you do and, and is I, I more can't, I, can't, I can't let this one go and unfortunately I mean it's too bad we don't have another 20 minutes but tell uh, your most uh, I'll take the question from two sides unfortunately we've got a minute left he says the he, toughest can't, guy, he can't fight That's the what toughest guy you fought or your most memorable fight in the NHL well okay toughest guy I fought was probably Dave Brown Ooh, um, a couple of situations happened. We had a uh, Dave Brown play Dave for Brown, Philly. Philly. Oh, Philly. He was Philly. tough as nails. Uh, and back then, the rivalries were heated. And we're talking <laughs> exhibition. We had a, uh, I'm not sure if it was a five on five or a bench clearing brawl. Twenty and, seconds. We're getting. The, and getting I had uh, I had to hold on to Eddie Hospitar. Oh, Eddie Hospitar. <laughs> uh, but I probably my most memorable fight that I had in, in the National Hockey League was probably against Basil McRae. Oh, he was tough. Yeah, and I he he goaded me on. The, the whole game, and he wasn't going to go anywhere until I had to Why drop him. Why was he him. wasting his time on you? Why was he Cody Gouache? Because that was his role, and that was his... Uh, he had to pick his uh, team up from... Give them a little bit of energy, and he thought by by fighting me, who is... I'm not a heavyweight. I was a guy that was an antagonizer and, and set the tempo of the game by... Yeah. 
by my physicality. Was he with the Nordiques at the time? No, he no, wasn't. He... he was with the Minnesota North Stars. Oh, with the North Stars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would say probably those are the t- my two most memorable uh, times. And then uh, Todd Gill knocked me down with one punch. I tried to hit him and cut my – I yeah. missed his head and it caught his helmet and cut my knuckles off from, for about then six you, or then seven. Then you became teammates. Then we became teammates and we just laughed at each other. <laughs> anyway, it's too bad we don't have more time to uh, to talk about that. That was uh, – was, we're going to have a little chat off the air here. Anyways, uh, to all our listeners, listen, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, And we'll be back uh, again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Have a great week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.